Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Amanda Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist, and today's guest is Carla. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm really happy to be here and excited to see the conversations that we have and whatever questions that may arise. That's awesome. So I always start the podcast with the question, what is your backstory? Hmm. Interesting. There's so many backstories. <laughs> so my backstory, huh? I guess it really depends, but based on, you know, what we share here, when I was 17, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And then at 25 or 26, I was then told that I have a genetic disorder. And in that process, I didn't, the first time that I got diagnosed with my autoimmune disorder, which what the initials are ITP. And essentially what that means is that I have, I had very low platelet counts and I thought, oh, it's probably because I'm anemic or, you know, it's one of those things that maybe I'm not having enough nutrients and things like that. And what I found out is like, no, no, it's not necessarily having to do with, with you being, having anemia and experiencing this thing. It's something else. And I ended up going to doctors and just a different special t- uh, specialists, specialists. I almost said that, and I did. <laughs> and you know what they told me was that, hey, your body at some point, it for some reason started to maybe attack itself. It maybe had some kind of something that went went wrong, and then it was so close to what your platelets looked like that it your own body started to think that your platelets were that maybe virus or whatever it was. I don't know what I got sick with at the time, to be honest. It was just a kind of a confusing time. But at that age, being 17, I was a senior in high school and I didn't even understand really what was going on. And for from the ages of 17 till I want to say 20 or almost 21, I was on meds because I thought that the doctors and that they knew best, right? That was right. how I grew up. Yeah. Being Hispanic, we are we grow up thinking like the authorities know, like we should follow, um, we should listen to what authorities tell us. If the doctor says that's it, then that's what it is. And so we didn't really look for more research. We didn't really f- go out and be like, all right, what other options are there? And so for those years, I was on um, prednisone and also steroids um, to increase. (laughs) I almost forgot what I was on. But yeah, uh, because I eventually I'll tell you here in a second. uh, I chose not to keep going with that. And in that time, I was already a heavy girl. I didn't know how to eat food. Right. I didn't know. Yeah what nutritious food was. And maybe I did, but for some reason, it wasn't something that I intook as much as I needed to, right? My mom in the summer, even before that is smaller, like elementary school, middle school. In the summers uh, back in California, every summer I would go to work with her. And so what would we do? Where would she take me? She would take me to McDonald's or Carl's Jr. or someplace to have breakfast. And I would have a deluxe breakfast if it was for McDonald's and an extra sausage at that and a sausage McMuffin. So I was that kid that was heavy for a while. And from there, like, you know, one day before we moved to Austin in eighth grade in California, where I went to school, we lived in a school with us that was overpopulated. And kids didn't have a lot of resources, a lot of opportunities. 
And lucky enough, in my world appeared this really cool teacher at the school who said, hey, we're all as kids going to take this trip to London. And it's going to be 10 days. And cool. It's not no parent. I mean, some parents, of course, but you know, we left, we went to London, my mom worked really hard to give me the opportunity to go and travel for the first time being from South Central LA, where literally you would find, um, you would hear or drive bys, we knew to get on the ground when that was happening. So I come from this place that was literally, it was crazy, crazy, in a sense, you would hear about these drive bys, gangsters I lived in front of a drug dealer's house actually for a while until she got arrested <laughs> and then my name na- my my neighbors also over there in California you know you would always hear them yelling and just all kinds of stuff would happen and as a kid you you think that that's the life that you're supposed to live that that's the environment that you're supposed to live in that there's nothing really much more than that and so this opportunity to go to London was like whoa you know this is amazing Right. And over there, I actually lost in the 10 days that I was in, in, in that we went on this trip at, uh, to the UK, I think I lost 22 pounds or 20 pounds, something around there. Being wow. in eighth grade, I was a heavy kid. And so I think in eighth grade, I was maybe four foot 11, 100 and maybe 35 pounds, 140 pounds at the time. And yeah. I lost all that weight before we moved to Austin. So that being said, again, I didn't know what nutritious food was. I didn't understand and correlate the fact that I lost weight to the food that we were eating over there in the UK. It was different. We were actually eating good food. We were going to restaurants. It was not fast food all the time. And of course, a lot of activity. And so when I was diagnosed with the autoimmune disorder here, I needed to quickly figure out what is going on. And those were not the questions that I had until this, um, the, wow, what hematologist, he said, Hey, Carla, I'm going to lower your dose of the steroid, because if we continue this long-term, there may be a possibility that you have, um, issues with your bones in the future, maybe arthritis, maybe something. And I said, what? Like, how is that even like a possibility? This is supposed to be helping my body. Right. And so he said, yeah, we're going to lower it to this. And so he gave me the prescription. I picked up the prescription to a lower dosage. And when I picked up the bottle, I said, nope, I'm not taking this anymore. I said, I'm, I don't know what I have to do. I was really confused at the time. And I didn't take the, the, the steroids any longer. I, I completely stopped them. And I was still um, being seen by him for a while, but I didn't tell them I wasn't taking the, the medicine. <laughs> uh, yeah, for all of you that are following protocols, follow your protocols if you need to, um, and let your doctors know probably that this is what you're yeah. doing. Right. I, I just did it out of fear. And at the time, once I decided to, once I was told by this doctor, like, hey, Carla, this is what's going to happen. Not long after I met my best friend, who now is my husband, and he taught me yeah. to change my habits that because I told him, Hey, I want to lose weight. I didn't know what was really going on with my body. My heaviest that I went to was probably 155 pounds. I'm five foot one now. So not that much. I didn't grow that much from eighth grade to now, but, right. <laughs> so, but I did get really yeah. heavy. Yeah. And I, when I met him, I just went up to him cause I knew he had just gone out of the Marine Corps and he was helping my friend work out and stuff. And I would go run to Planet Fitness at like midnight to try to do something, right? I knew something had to change. I just didn't know what that was. 
And so once I met him, he said, hey, Carla, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do this, 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 and this. First of all, that meant no fast food at all. And I was a sophomore at this point in college. And he said, no more fast food. You're going to eat this. You're going to eat fruits. You're going to eat that, blah, blah, blah. And I followed it. And that from the time that, that I started this to three months later, I lost 22 pounds. So I went from being 150 to 120 something or whatever, 22 pounds minus 150 is. And I said, whoa. And people started asking questions like, Carla, what's the secret sauce? What is the magic pill so you can do this? And there was no magic thing. It was food and exercise. That was it. And so that was the beginning of changing my lifestyle from using food. And I didn't even know mindset had something to do with it at the time. Um, I just knew that something needed to change. When I was diagnosed with my genetic disorder, the, what I used to have, because now I, I'll tell you this, I don't believe I have this any longer. I haven't okay. had any experiences with this. Um, when I was 25, 26, around between those those two, um, my that year, yeah. I w- woke up or I was woken up. Let's just put it that way. And I was so mad because I said, why are y'all waking me up at two, three in the morning? And my husband and my mom said, no, no, Carla, you just had a seizure. And I said, what? And I went back to sleep. Nothing else. No questions. I didn't go to the doctor the the day later. Again, all of y'all, this is just my experience, okay? (laughs) And then everybody, my husband, my mom was confused. Like, what happened? And so I want to say that was in August. And then the come, the next year, February or March, I had another one in my sleep. And they said, nope, this time you are going to go see somebody and we're going to figure out what's going on with you. And I was told I had this genetic disorder and that I had cysts in my brain, apparently a lot of them, because we went through a whole bunch of tests and everything. And I was told that I have something called tuberous sclerosis complex. And anybody that has tuberous sclerosis complex, technically, I'm a rarity because technically I wasn't supposed to graduate from college. I wasn't supposed to be able to learn because people have seizures on a like constant basis on a daily. And for me, I didn't understand it. And again, this neurologist said, hey, Carla, you're going to take this medicine. This is what you're going to do. He gave me the prescription and I didn't go pick it up. And the, oh. the, the thing behind this was that between when I was getting better and losing weight, and then this second thing, which I was told again, my body is doing something to me. That's how I felt at the time. I said, I'm not going to be the victim. I'm not going to be a sick person. I'm not going to live in that way that people feel bad for me. I said, nope that's not happening. I'm going to figure out what I need to do. And literally at at the time I was just finding out about um, the keto diet and I was just finding out about that. And I started, I had already started this and I asked him, Hey, what do you think about this keto diet thing? Like, what do you think? And he said, yeah, go for it. You know, because the brain loves fat. And I said, cool. And since then I've never had, I had one more seizure and I finally figured out um, the last one, what that one was based on. Um, and I'll share more about what I do and, and the theories behind what was going on in my life at the time. 
And I had one more that same year between February and March and um, November. And ever since that year, which would have been 2016, I believe, I haven't had any seizures at all. It's been five or six years since I had the last one. And I've never felt that I was sick. I've never felt that I had this thing, this, this TSC that most people know it as, tuberculosis complex. And all of y'all are free from this, by the way. Uh, this is just my experience. And eventually, I got into entrepreneurship, found a lot of amazing women. And now I'm doing what I'm doing in uh, being a trainer and a coach of neurolinguistic programming, a master coach of hypnosis and timeline therapy. Um, also, um, uh, you know, I, I work with something called German New Medicine, and it's something that I'm really, really passionate about. So in a long form, that is kind of my, I wish I would have just done this shorter, but this is kind of my background. <laughs> that's, a, that's a quite an incredible story. And especially you haven't had a seizure in six years, five mm-hmm. to six years. Yeah. So yeah. So what is, did you say German medicine? Is that what it's? It's a German new medicine. What is that? So German new medicine is a, it's a different approach to medicine. Let's put it that way. Or to the health space. It was something that was discovered by, um, his name is Dr. Reich Hammer. Or yeah, Hammer, H-A-M-E-R. And so it's a new paradigm of medicine in which, you know, it's about having this new consciousness around our symptoms that we experience. Um, It's an awareness of how our organism and our symptoms are are pretty much correlated to the emotional um, experiences that we have in our life. And it doesn't have to be emotional experiences directly by us for us. It could be something that we see as well just in our awareness, in in our surroundings, in our environment. And so what this does is that it's a recognition that um, every single cell in our body has this ability to have the wisdom to its own healing, to be our own full human beings that we are meant to be. And we all deal with, we all have something that we see but we also all have trauma that we probably dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's all kinds of trauma. People think that trauma needs to be this big, like, whoa, life-changing thing, right? right? Because we go into this place and space yeah. of comparison between between people, right? That's this whole, um, you know, comparison thing and, and, and having this, this, thing that we're like that um, I'm not experiencing that so maybe I don't have trauma do I do I not and you know what I can say about that is that we experience it in different ways because two people can be in the same place at the same time and one person can actually feel like that was traumatic and the other one probably doesn't feel the same way and so as a result with German medicine what how I approach um, the holistic space of coaching is that I look at the symptoms. I actually, based on the symptoms that people have, again, I don't help anybody heal. I'm only a coach. I'm a guide, right? So I just want to make this clear that I'm not a doctor. I'm a coach who guides people to find their answers in their own healing because I found mine through my coaches, right? And I'll give you an example of, of something that was like 
something that I didn't even realize till a little bit later. And what I do is I look at these symptoms and I ask questions based on those symptoms, right? Because there could be emotional things related, connected to that. Sometimes it could be the environment, of course. It's not all just emotional. There's, of course, a blend of things that that go into to that. Um, our environment is a huge factor in this. And another, I think a book that people would probably be interested in reading too is um, The Biology of Belief. And, uh, you know, that's another good book that talks about how our, the way that we as humans evolve in, in, in our genetics, right? They change not based on our parents and where we come from, but based on our environment. And so they adapt to where we are going rather than where we've come from. And there's a lot of things in the past that, of course, take into account in ourselves. Um, anybody who's read The Body Keeps the Score would, you know, can can also connect this to that, how our cells are directly connected or they can be to our past, our ancestors, if you believe in past lives, anything generational, generational traumas, um, generational experiences, right? And for some reason, in our life, we're experiencing things from back then. For example, if a kid, uh, maybe two, three, four, five years old, is saying, "I'm so angry," or whatever, whatever the feeling would be, yeah. And we as parents would be like, "How? How is this kid angry all the time?" It probably has nothing to do with this child. It's probably things from even before then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so with German new medicine, like I said, there's a lot of correlation to emotional stuff um, that that uh, people don't realize. And they talk about the five biological laws and there's a whole bunch of things that go into that. And what I'm excited about is that next year in 2023, I'm actually going to be um, offering a certification as a German new medicine practitioner, which I'm so excited about. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. What kind of symptoms do people come to you? that they need coaching? Um, It depends. Um, For example, right now I started working with with a client who has, um, who's experienced anemia, for example, Mm -hmm. me. Um, And so what anemia has to do with, it's it's a self-devaluation conflict and it's relating to, um, what is it relating to? Hold on, I'm thinking right now. It's this conflict active phase where the body, the blood is constantly running, 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 right? And so your blood is always, you're finding that oxygen and you're finding all of these things. And so when it comes to anemia, um, it could be to self-evaluation. And what self-evaluation means is that it's, it's a primary conflict related to different parts in our brain as well. Um, and so it could be that the person feels something about themselves as a whole, right? And it's not a good feeling. What I mean is like maybe self-doubt or that you are, um, it could be that you are ugly or it could be that you just are not worth it or what is the value in you, right? It could be those as a whole is what anemia would have to do with. It's like that self-devaluation. And we all like, <laughs> we all have something that we're dealing with, some sort mm-hmm. of symptom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I would say not always, I would say it's, it's a little tricky, I guess, in my mind, the way that I connected to, because if I were to believe that, then I would think people are not okay all the time. And I think that people can be okay. 
Um, but it's like when it comes to the our self-devaluation is how do you speak to yourself? You know, how do you feel about yourself? You know, what is that perception of yourself? Right. Like, do you say to yourself, I'm a failure or I will never succeed. Right. That has a lot to do with how you experience life. Um, when I talk about some symptoms, I'll, I'll give you a personal um, yeah. experience. So last year, I lost my voice. I want to say in May, April, I literally had a sore throat. And then I turned into like, I can't speak. Like I couldn't even like say things. I was like, you know, I was there. Yeah. And it, I it was very connected to a week before that, that um, I was having a conversation with somebody and I didn't say what I really truly wanted to say. I kept my mouth shut. And so yeah. a week later, I don't have a voice. And I'm like, what happened? And so my coach was like, hey, Carla, is there something that you didn't say that you should have said? And I said, yep, definitely. Because I knew the moment when he asked me that, like, oh, I remember what happened. And as soon as I said yes, I started to do some work around it, some inner work, um, because at this point for me to speak to this person was almost like it's been two weeks, right? I can, I'm not going to bring something up um, that wasn't yeah. as to that person. They've probably already forgotten. And so I did some inner work around it. And then maybe two days later, I started to, oh, hey, I have a voice. Cool. I can speak now. Ah. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we hold back on what we're really feeling and stuff mm -hmm. and our body knows and and it's and it might turn into a sore throat or sickness or whatever yeah and and like i said there's a lot of other factors that com can come into play with with some of these symptoms but what i do in my what my favorite part of it is like finding those connections between some of these um symptoms and emotions or experiences that you've had for example if it has anything to do with let's say people have knee pain or some issue with your ankle or something right it's maybe not being able to kick someone else or kick someone away in like a defense moment or it could also be not being able to move forward on something so sometimes i'll ask what are you not moving on what are you not like literally doing the thing you're supposed to do that you don't want to do right now in order for you to actually be able to accomplish those things. And then trust me, your, your knees or your feet will actually feel better. <laughs> That's incredible and stuff. And we don't think about that in mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. And, and when people think like that, when we feel symptoms, um, most people think, oh, when I feel a symptom, I'm sick. But the other way to look at this with German new medicine is that when we actually feel a symptom, it's actually in the healing phase. I would like to know what does that exactly mean? So the healing phase would be like, for example, if you get a scratch and the first thing that the body does is it sends all the cells to that specific place that you got a scratch. And then what's the next thing that happens? You get a scab, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And most people, we tend to like, maybe hopefully you don't, but the scab doesn't look pretty. It looks ugly. It's going through this, through this weird healing phase, right? Um, in which, you know, it needs to go through that process in order to fully be yeah. in a way new, right? Sometimes, yeah, there'll be a scar and things like that. And actually scars can be actually reduced in color as well based on inner work. Um, one of my coaches has actually done this process with some people. I haven't personally, but she has. And then the other way to think about it is that 
when someone has a headache, you know, you could potentially have a tension headache or something. And it could be that a lot of the things that you were worried about have resolved. So the headache has to kind of pass through your body to then feel light and feel like, ah, okay, cool. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's seeing people not as sick, but as like, how are you, how is your body trying to heal? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we think our body, we just want to mask the symptoms of uh-huh. whatever it is. The it's headache. Like putting that um, Band-Aid. We put the Band-Aid, it's the Band-Aid approach and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, of course, the the prescription stuff, it's great. Like it works. It helps. Last week I had an allergy and I was like, yeah. For the most part, I, I allow my body to to work its way through feeling to feeling like, all right, cool, I'm at 100% again. Um, but I needed to get on calls. I needed to do some work and stuff. And I took one. I only took one because I'm not much of a medicine taker. Again, not I have either, nothing but... against I have nothing against medicine as long as it's truly, truly necessary. Um, but for me personally, my own body, um, I normally don't. But this time I said, OK, I have to at least do something temporarily and allow my body to rest because sometimes we do need rest too. Um, and so I took one one of the allergy thing, um, the little allergy pill. I don't even know which kind it was. And I started to literally feel better. I was able to sleep better. It didn't wake up as much. So it allowed my body to actually rest too. Um, so every now and then, you know, if you really, truly need it, cool. But the way yeah. I approach coaching is, all right, what is my body trying to not it when it comes to um, smelling or people having maybe the flu or not being able to have things in your nose and anything like that, it's this stink stink conflict. So it's this idea around this smells suspicious. This has this weird odor to it, right? Like in in when it comes to situations in life. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So, like, if you have the flu, then it's a situation, it could be. A situation that maybe you're not dealing with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we do feel these things, it's things that we probably want to avoid or like um, unconsciously, because if we're conscious about the things that we do need to do, like most of the time, you'll actually be able to um, tackle these, these uh, situations and symptoms because you're conscious about what's going on in your life. And I don't, I don't feel like we're very conscious about what's going on. I mean, we just push, push, push. Mm -hmm. And we don't take a breath and be like, what's, what do I really want to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think as a society, especially here in the U S we're a go, go, go type of society. And we don't take a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're just scheduled, scheduled, scheduled. Even our weekends are packed. Yeah. Pretty and I get you. <laughs> as we were talking about that before we got on this call, but I mean, like, even taking one day and we don't have anything going on is doesn't happen because you're always doing something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not work, it's like laundry or cleaning or shopping or cooking and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it's about slowing down, of course. As a society, we want to accomplish a lot of things, yeah. Which, which is amazing, right? Let's do it. Let's let's get the thing done, and maybe 
take five minutes to, to notice what you notice, right? How are you breathing? What is it that you're even thinking about? Are you thinking about, oh my God, I wonder how this is going to work or I feel great. You know, like, what is that thing that you see about yourself? How is it that you feel at the moment? And like, what are you saying to yourself? That's interesting that you're talking about like seeing like taking five minutes just to slow down and to see what you're actually thinking. And I think, and it was funny because I was actually in a class and they were talking about just like quieting your mind. Mm. And I was like, that's super interesting because even in conflict or something, just quieting your mind before you react and stuff. And I'm like, that's really good just to quiet our mind, even if it's like five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, I feel like personally, I have a mind where it's always going and stuff. (laughs) As an Uh entrepreneur, that's the problem. But I think just quieting our minds and seeing, and sometimes we don't even need to think about stuff. We just need to. We're just, it's interesting because our mind is meant when it comes to our experience as a human like we all experience it so many ways but we take in about and this is an estimate 11 million bits of information per second um 11 million bits per second of information is what we're normally intaking and from all of that information right obviously that Um, colors our brain right and so with all of that information guess how much we actually really keep a couple percent we keep it's not very high 128 128 that's great about 128 bits of information per second um so that's imagine like me giving you one toothpick another toothpick 10 50, 100, 128. Then I try to push it to 138. At that point, how much is it really that you can hold of those toothpicks? Imagine me trying to give you 11 million pieces of toothpicks. That is literally what our, 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 our brain and our, our human body can really intake. Um, And it's really interesting because we try to take in more, but we just don't have the capacity to do that. And we just get, we have so much information coming at us all the time Mm -hmm. and our phones are going off. It's just so much information and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to be super careful. Yeah. What information's like going into your brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically what I love about the way we take in information is that it gives me information on how and when that information would have taken um place in your in your mind or in your life well thank you for this interview is there anything else you would like to share um yeah I would say I really appreciate Amanda this these Uh these interviews and these podcasts and these episodes that you share because it's really cool to be able to share with people that you can find your way when it comes to your your body and your own healing Uh, Like I said, I don't tell anybody that I heal them because I do not do that. I guide that person to find that, right? And a lot of it starts with what you truly want, what you truly believe. And when it comes to what we truly believe and what we truly want, that is probably true for you. And sometimes I've 
I've, um, you know, I like to talk about the identity and the experience. And so knowing the difference between what you take on, what you wear as your identity and what is more of your experience. And of course, a lot of us, we experience um, certain symptoms, illnesses, challenges, right, in our life. And are we really wearing that or can we put it to the side? Let's say it's a hat. Let's put it to the side and say, this is what I'm experiencing. And I know that I'm, I'm going to feel better. I know that I have these, this healthy body. I feel uh, a little challenged and I know that I will improve in this process. And trust me, what you tell your mind, your body will do. And so as you do that, it's a practice, right? I tell my, my clients, it's practice little by little. Don't think of this as like, I always put this, 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 like, um, um, what do you call this, this, this metaphor around the matrix, right? When he first gets into, into the actual real world uh, or into the matrix, he tries to make this huge jump and people are right. betting like, oh, he's going to make it or he's not, he's not. And I think, you know what, we don't need to try to take that huge leap, although I will never stop you from it. Um, but know that if you decide to, because it's your choice to take those, those little leaps, those little yeah. steps, Trust me, a little step and a little step and a little step is better than no step at all. And so just continuing those those practices for you. And when you become aware of like what you truly believe about yourself, trust me, a lot of changes um, start to happen. So, you know, if you want to know more about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which what that is, it's the art and science to human communication behavior and how you model excellence, right? But that has a lot to do with communication. And so how you communicate matters so much. And if you are not aware of how you communicate with yourself, or if you realize that you're not a great communicator to yourself, maybe it's time to start, time to start like backing up a little bit and say, okay, put it on the table and look at it and say, is this really true about me or not? And then just start to become aware of those things that you say, because once you become aware the way that you approach things is going to um, improve. It's going to change and it's going to feel like you are taking those big leaps in changes. And it feels sometimes challenging and it's exciting to know that in this process, there's always something new to learn about yourself. So yeah, if you want to know more about that German medicine and that um, specific course, and definitely if you have questions, reach out to me on Instagram at Coach Carlita, C-O-A-C-H-K-A-R-L-I-T-A. Or you can uh, literally send me a message, Carla at MetafitMetamind.com. And yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you so much, Amanda, for having me on, for being able to share about German medicine, because I don't think it's something that's still well known. And I'm excited to, you know, create these changes within people um, or help you make those changes that you need. Thank you so much. This was great. It was great information. Thank you.